Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Doom Productions podcast, a podcast hosted by Doom Productions. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jordan. And this is just a spot where we get to hang out, chat about films, filmmaking, uh, kind of go on an extended discussion or conversation about topics that we think are interesting and hopefully you guys find interesting too. Last week, we were talking about movies that we and filmmakers that we thought were great to learn from as a filmmaker. So if you want to check that out, listen to that. We also have a whole playlist of other podcast episodes. So New episodes every Friday. Every Friday we put out a new one of these. So you should, uh, if this is something you're into, we got a whole library for you to check out. Um, so And just to give you kind of a rundown of how these podcasts flow, um, if you're new to this, we discuss this, but then we also talk about movies we're watching, and we also talk about uh, things we're working on, projects yeah. and feature films. But this week, after that long intro, we wanted to talk a bit about screenwriting, and specifically, Jordan, Yes. you have written quite a few screenplays. I've lost count. Yeah. But since middle school. Since middle school, you've since been writing screenplays. School. Yes, since middle school. And I, I am, yeah. I am, how old am I? You're 26. 26. Yes, 26. Yeah, you're 26. I have written one feature-length screenplay. No, you've written more than that, right? I've written one feature-length screenplay all really? the way through from start to finish. And that was The Bell Rings? And that was The Bell Rings. Oh my gosh, wow. No, that's not right. No. I've written no. others. No. I've written, I've written <laughs> shorts. I've written lots of shorts. Um, I've worked on feature-length screenplays, like in film school, um, mm -hmm. I had a screenwriting course and I took that, um, but it, that only took you through your first like 20 pages of a screenplay. That's the easiest part to write when you're starting out. <laughs> I know, it really is. It, oh my goodness. It really is. Wow. Um, that all to say, I've not written anything more than that. Um, You've only written The Bell Rings? I've only written The Bell Rings because House didn't have a script. It had an outline. Yeah. A very, very loose beat sheet. I mean, I guess... Yeah, and Wild Boys, we work on as a group, and there's it's no all, script. It it's all outline and improv, so that's my only feature I film I feel like script. I should have known that. Maybe I did know it and just forgot. You, you, well, whatever you did, it was very dramatic for this podcast, so thank you. Wow. You have to... No, you would have... I, re I remember other projects, though, that you worked on. I've worked on... I've tried writing other but feature you just didn't scripts. Finish I never them? finished them. Okay. Because I... I didn't. I lacked the determination. Well, let's just say then, you've. You, I'm an amateur you, screenwriter. No, you probably had. You have hundreds of pages, hundreds and hundreds, maybe a thousand pages, under your belt. That's incredibly generous. But just okay. not under the same project. Yes, sure. Yeah. All right. Go on. No, I'm, that, that was <laughs> okay. <it. laughs> so. We're talking about screenwriting yes. from the perspective of two people at two different points in their screenwriting journey yeah. and kind of just talking about what's been helpful for us, what's good things that maybe other people who are starting out their screenwriting journey should know, mm -hmm. um, just general stories about screenwriting, I guess. We'll go all over the place. If you want, like, we, we, we have tangents all the time. I, I guess a good place to start is explain where our relationship to writing. So what's your, yeah. when it comes to writing, either in general or just screenwriting, what is mm -hmm. your, uh, I don't want to get into like habits or like. Because it's polar opposite between well, the two well, of no, us. Well, no, but like what, like, I in well, maybe habits. In general, what is your relationship to writing? Um, newly discovered that I enjoy it. Okay. I guess is the right way 
to put it right now. Because um, up until the bell rings, I did screenwriting um, out of like necessity to like, mm -hmm. I have the story I want to tell. I needed to convey this to people outside uh -huh. of my own head. So this is how you do that. So that's what writing scripts or shorts or anything like that. And it was always something I've wanted to learn and something I wanted to get better at, mm -hmm. but just always kind of got sidetracked. But during my process of the bell rings, I found that I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Have I done that every day? Like I probably should? No. But it's something that like during the bell rings, I like kind of found like, okay, this is how you do it. This is what it feels like to write a script and finish that. And that was kind of something that stirred something in me that hadn't been stirred before. And what was holding you back, do you think, from finishing a script before? Or... Mm -hmm. I think there's just, I mean, there's a lot of steps that go into making a script. It's not just, I'm going to sit down and write a feature film mm -hmm. and just go. I mean, maybe some people do that, but I think 99% of people don't. Um, and so just like all the steps of like, all right, I need to have uh, all the ideas, but I also need to have like an outline and maybe write a, a treatment or a, mm -hmm. a kind of like a scriptment, which is where it's a kind of a, a not quite a script and not quite a outline or a treatment, like all these different things. I, I feel like I just kind of always got lost in the maze of. Yeah. Um, and then that ultimately just lets it burning out on it. Yeah. But in the bell rings, I did have help. Like I asked you specifically to help me with some of the outlining stuff and we worked through that together and getting through that part, I think set me up well in the actual screenwriting part mm -hmm. to work through it and push through. Yeah. So yeah, doing it on my own, I think was a, a difficult thing, but having someone to just kind of like encourage me through and sometimes carry me through. <laughs> that was, well, I didn't I, I'm pretty comfortable. Well, you yeah. helped a lot with the outlining process. Yeah. And you did do some help me with revising for the second draft. Well, I wouldn't even say, like, I think, I would say outlining, sure, I helped out. But I would also say that, for the most part, I didn't write any of the dialogue. No. You, like, that was all you, with the exception of, like... There were scenes that you came to set with. But I didn't change those as a screenwriter. I changed those as an actor. Yes. Um... And I, like, gave you full permission to do that as yeah. well. Like, as yeah. the actor, it's like, yeah. you guys know the character. Yeah. And so if you're going to... you you I gave you guys free reign to say, like, no, this is like needs to change, or this yeah, should try I, this this, <laughs> this way. I mean, don't say that aggressively, but... I wouldn't have shown up not at, as the actor. Like, at, like a camera... I wouldn't have shown up as a camera and be like, okay, here, here's the reruns. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have done that. Like, I that's bad form. That's yeah. bad, you know, it's a little rude, yeah. I think. Um, but I think the actors generally, I, I kind yeah. of agree with you. I think actors should, you know, you're stewards be to, of the character. Yeah. They should be able to change stuff if that's what feels right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. For me, um, like I said, I've just been writing for a long time, uh, script since middle school, but you know, longer than that. Like since grade school, I was always writing stuff in general. <clears throat> um, I wanted to be a writer because mm. I read Lord of the Rings when I was like, too little i think like i was like I was gonna say when you were two no no like second grade or third because i yeah. wanted to see the movies that's right my mom was like no it's pg-13 um because when you're, you're the oldest kid your mom cares about the mm -hmm. rating system yep and she was like no but then my dad was like okay if you read the books you can watch the movies and so i devoured the what books a, what a dad move yeah 
Um, and my mom agreed to it, apparently. Yeah. It worked for her. So I read through the all the books before I saw the movies. Nice. And then I was like, you know, I'm probably somewhere reading Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. I was like, oh, I want to be a writer. And then I saw the movies. I saw Pete Jackson's name come up after the, it was mm-hmm. all over. I was like, never mind. I want to do that. I want to be that guy. Yeah. But I still always wrote. And so I've been writing for a long time. And I've developed a system that works for me. And I'm always trying to refine it and change it up. Um, but, you know, writing is something that's not necessary. I've, I've always enjoyed it. But um, it's not like it's super easy necessarily. Mm-hmm. every single time i just have been doing it long enough i have a system that works for me yeah and i'm not by no means an expert and no means like a good screenplay like i still don't think there's not a movie that i've made like a feature film that i've made that i think reflects like i've never really been happy with any of my scripts that i've made into mm-hmm. movies it's always been kind of like you know if you look at oh brother that was it had to be written in a month because it had to be shot the following month. Because mm-hmm. I think when we decided, it was like two months away or whatever. Yeah. It was like, let's film something in June. It was in like, yeah, in like beginning of May when I think you... And it was May when idea. I proposed the idea. I was like, okay, I have a month to write this script. I was like, okay. And so I kind of wrote it and I was like, I knew it was going to be a little crappy, but I was like, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Uh, so I was never happy with that. Um, October, similar situation. I was happy with it um, to an extent but i don't think um like i think it was written in august because i had to storyboard it in september and i think if i'd thought about it more i would have changed a lot more and even looking back there's parts of that i'm not entirely happy with same thing with video carnage um that i did have more time but things were drastically rewritten a week before we started shooting which is kind of a fun tidbit um that's right i kind of forgot about that the fact that it's cohesive though i'm happy with but mm-hmm. i i wish there was not there's not a lot of um finesse like there's little things i'm like oh i should have changed that should have changed that should have had this moment in all that kind of thing yeah uh and then yeah so like all my scripts i've never totally been really happy with exactly um i can't remember how i got on that tangent i guess that's my preface saying like i'm not an expert yeah. I've never been happy with something that I've written. But you've written a lot. But I've written a lot, and I'm, I am I like to believe I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have scripts that I'm like, that's a pretty good script. <laughs> but they're just, you know, unfilmable at this level. Yeah. And even, and I'm sure if I actually went back to reread them, I'd probably be like, oh, I'd change this, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to put a number on it, you know, I could probably actually look up. This, there is a cap on this, though. This is like, I probably could look at the last few years to see how many scripts I've written. We're getting the, the number yeah. straight from the well here. Jordan's pulling out the laptop. This isn't necessarily everything. Let's see. Let me organize this by date, because that always helps. Date created. I'll do the list view, because it pops up the date. So, what's the old? No, d- date created. That's what I want. So, sent, oh, since 2019. One, two, three, four. Some of these are shorter, yeah. but I would say about, I'll say a solid 15. 15 scripts since 2019, and multiple drafts of each script, pretty much. Like, I'll usually go up to about draft five before or draft four before I'm like, okay, I'll move on to another project or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, that's, and that was me over the last two years. Um, so, yeah. 
Some people read books. Jordan writes scripts. Yeah. Some people read scripts and then they write books. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, I guess that's our very long preamble to, I guess, this discussion on screenwriting. And yeah, I guess, what should we talk about first? Well, I'm sure... What do you want to know, young grasshopper? <laughs> oh, man. I'm joking. Um, do we want to go through this linearly and kind of talk about the process or do we want to talk more tidbitty kind well, of stuff? Well, we've talked about the process. So yeah. I, I guess I'll briefly, I'll summarize my process. You can watch these videos on our channel. Uh, there's a screenwriting playlist. I still need to make some more videos for that because I've just kind of stopped. Jordan uh, really wants to make more of them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> my process is I write a beat sheet, which is the, you know, I would say approximately nine sentences where it's three per act, roughly, depending on if it has three acts or not. Approximately nine sentences of what happens in the movie. Mm -hmm. Then I move on to an outline, which is fleshing out even further, where it's, um, you know, a lot more than nine. It's more like broader. You have events. More specific. Yeah. Um, gets into the more, here's what happens. Mm -hmm. And then I get in, from there I take it to the scriptment, which is... Um, Excuse me. It's pretty much the script minus the dialogue. Where, excuse me, hiccuping and burping. I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, it's pretty much like all the action lines in a script where it's like exterior, store, night, coal, you know, rain mm. is falling on the window. And it's like all of that. But then once someone starts to talk, I'll type what they talk about in red. Where mm. it's just like, John comes into the store and asks Philip about, you know, X, Y, and Z or whatever. They talk you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I'll write out all the action and then I'll move on to the script and then I'll just fill in the dialogue. So that's kind of my process. I work linearly. I don't jump around. I know some screenwriters, you know, they'll write the end of their movie and then they'll write the beginning, a scene from the beginning and kind of mm -hmm. stitch it together. I don't do that. I go in order. <clears throat> Otherwise I get lost, but that's my process. Yeah. And again, I don't, um, I don't stick to that every single time. Sometimes I go straight from beat sheet to scriptment. Other times I do an outline instead of a beat sheet. Other times, you know, it's it's kind of all over the place, but that's how I kind of categorize things. And that helps for me because kind of in when I was starting out kind of more high school, um, it was like I would get lost in like, what do I do mm -hmm. if that makes like for planning out your script because I'm one of those again I think we're similar in this way yeah we have to know where we're going to yeah. write our story some people can just write not knowing what's going to happen uh but that's we can't really relate to that I yeah I want to get to a thing yeah so and it can uh, be vague but I need mm -hmm. to know something about it and so I was always confused on how much I should plan how do I plan it do I write it out as kind of like more of a of a a treatment document should i write it out as a scriptment should i write it out as this th and i didn't know how to do it and in the last few years i kind of developed the system where i'm like okay i'm going to start with the beat sheet and that way because you know if you're writing a scriptment and you get to a certain part in your script maybe you say you write the scriptment up to act one up through act one yeah you get to act two and you kind of don't know what's going to happen you're going to start typing things out maybe like it's more of a beat sheet or more of an, an outline and, that w and then you are left with this document that's a mishmash of, you know, all three where some parts are really fleshed out, other parts aren't fleshed out. And in my head, 
it was kind of easier to just break it down into processes where, mm-hmm. okay, force yourself to write it out as simply as you can. That's the beat sheet. Okay, now force yourself to write out the plot as it progresses mm-hmm. in more detail. That's the outline. Now force yourself to write all of the you know headings, all the slug lines, all of the different actions, but no dialogue. Force yourself to write an entire document, just that, and then you can move on to the 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 script itself yeah and that's kind of why i kind of developed that system because breaking it down again i don't follow that every time but that's how it helps me organize my thoughts of what a any document i start is going to be and the more you do it the more you can kind of jump around and change things yeah because you you learn what you need and what you don't need not and some stories don't need as much yeah in one step as i do another so i've jumped into scripts before and just gone through the whole thing mm-hmm. um now I would say those are probably my weakest scripts, <laughs> but you know they were still scripts nonetheless, and you can yeah. you can do it. I'm sure there's, um, I think Quentin Tarantino is one of those um, people where he just starts writing and he just lets the story come to him as it yeah. unfolds, and he kind of treats it like literature, and that's cool too. Yeah, um, I think he has, I think he has an Oscar for screenplay writing. Mm-hmm. You know, not that that's a you know you need an Oscar to be a good writer, but well, I think what can kind of get slow people down. I think I, I know I was guilty of this was kind of, you get so excited and you kind of hold up your idea with like, this is the best thing yeah, and you don't want to tarnish it. And so it gets really hard mm-hmm. when you're in that draft, that first draft and you're mm-hmm. going through those first steps and it's like, Oh shoot. Yeah. I'm ruining my movie. Yeah. But I found when I was writing the bell rings, like, I wrote that draft as fast as I possibly could. I was at a coffee shop mm-hmm. every day being that screenwriter writing at a coffee shop, which I never understood until I did it. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, it's incredible. Like, yeah. I zone in so much better there, mostly because I don't stand up a bunch because when I'm writing at home, I just walk around a lot and I yeah. don't get anything done. But that helps so much in just knowing that like, I'm just going to write this as fast as I can and it doesn't matter how it turns out. And I think that was the most helpful thing for me was just like, write. Like, don't worry about it. You're going to come yeah. back and clean all this up anyways. Everything's going to change. It doesn't matter. I just finished a draft recently of something where I straight up did not write any dialogue for the third act and also some of the end of the second act mm-hmm. where it was like, oh my gosh, I am not feeling this. I'm not enjoying this, but I'm going to put this crap on the page just to get it on there yep. so I can kind of have closure that, hey, I, I finished a draft. It's readable. It's terrible, but it's readable. And now I can move on to the next stage. Yep. And I still do that. Where yep. you just you just have to write garbage. One of my um, in my screenwriting college class, that was something I did with my final because mm-hmm. I needed to get to a certain amount of pages. But I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks. Like this movie is just like tanking on me. I had the coolest. It was this western that I loved, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And I was like, oh, I'm just gonna. And I just vomited out uh, like five pages that I knew were like the worst thing I'd ever written. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is just how it's gonna be. But it was fine. Yeah. I mean, didn't have to make the movie anyway, so it was all good. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's the, some of the, I think for early people or people early in their journey and kind of starting out with screenplay writing, it's, um, you have to just finish it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's great to be inspired, but just write. And when the inspiration runs out, when you're not excited about your movie, it's really important to finish it fast. Yeah. Not good. Finish it fast. Doesn't matter even if like, you know, what that looks like for you might be different. But for me, even if it's something like, you know, I'm just going to write out an outline of what happens in the scene 
you know, instead of the full scene, I'll just write what happens, just getting that, even that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Because again, when you do your second pass, you're going to clean everything up. Yeah. Or third or fourth. Yeah. Yeah. There are, I, the best way I would equate it to is like each, my process is like, um, where it's, you know, going from beat sheet to script all the way through that, those four stages. It's like getting a chunk of like clay mm -hmm. and kind of molding it more and more and more. And as you get more um, further along, you're going to start to get more detail in there. That's kind of how I think of it. So, of course, you know, if if you're in, um, I don't know actually anything, I don't know anything about sculpting. But if you look at a sculptor, what they do with a hunk of clay in five minutes, of course it's not going to look like anything. Yeah. But they know what it's going to be. And so they keep you know working at it and then probably mm -hmm. in i don't know a week or a couple hours or however long it takes to make a full sculpture they have something that looks really cool mm -hmm. um, and that's all it really is it just takes time and each draft is a little pain in the pain in your neck but you know just yeah. get through as many drafts as you can as quick as you can I remember writing my first draft the the thought of coming back in as a second draft felt like initially felt like sacrilegious like what mm -hmm. why would i undo my hard work here why am i yeah. doing this just to tear it apart but yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's like a process that's like was good yeah yeah um i do we answer any questions in that or do we pose any questions i don't think screen? we posed any okay i think we just started talking about opening processes i guess i guess so yeah because that was our, our our quick coverage of starting out yeah um but i don't want to bore people with necessarily our you know kind of vague stuff i'm, I'm yeah. thinking practical stuff yeah um what's something that you've always struggled with or something mm. that you were like how do you do this in a script or you know you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, practical yeah, yeah. Kind like of, what like what trips what are people questions up? yeah that trip me up or people in it could be either one i don't know um I could I could talk about. See, I, this is something we have two different approaches, and we kind of mm -hmm. covered this, I guess. But I can we can jump in and talk specifically about this. Like, what if, what do you do mm -hmm. when you're writing your screenplay? You're making good progress. You're feeling it. I mean, this kind of ties back in, but you like you hit a total like a scene where you have no clue where to take it. Oh yeah. Like you're That's like a good question oh, like. Like you have your beat sheet, you have your outline, you've gone through the steps, but you're, I feel like that's kind of one of those inevitable things where you're going to hit a scene where it's like, I don't know where I'm going. Well, I, this is what I say generally. If, if you have a problem with any specific scene, like later in your movie, it usually ties back to the beginning of your movie in mm -hmm. some way. So what I do in those situations is I'll then pull up a set. Let's say I'm working on the script and I run into that. Mm -hmm. I will, um, I'll pull up, say, I'll kind of, honestly, I'll work back to square one in a Got way. It. Like, I'll pull up the beat sheet. I'll type it up. Nothing mm -hmm. will probably change. I'll write up the, then I'll write the outline. That's probably mm -hmm. where things will change. And I'll start working things around. Like, let's say, I'm trying to think of a good example from, like, a movie everybody knows. Let's say in Star Wars, um, New Hope. Han doesn't go away after the battle. 
like after he saves, they save Princess Leia. He just yeah. he sticks with them sticks through the battle. Sticks around on Yavin, yeah. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I need to up the st-. like. How's like the climax of the movie doesn't have an oomph for anything. It's so weird or weak. And then you you know you're in script form. You're writing that, and then you go back. You know you do your beat sheet, you do your outline, and you are outlining this, and you realize in that process, oh my gosh, if Han leaves after they save Princess Leia, that gives him an arc that kind of brings the stakes up because mm-hmm. now they don't have as much help as they need. Um, and so then you realize that, you know, Han's going to come back and he's going to save, you know, the day. That's mm-hmm. He's going to help save the day. Then what I do is I go back to the draft. Let's say that's draft one I was working on, yeah. the script. I finish it as it is, you know. So I have some kind of, I'm like, okay, in this version, Han is with them the whole time. He helps Luke blow up the Death Star. It's kind of weak. It kind of sucks. Blah, 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 blah. But I finish it. What that does is it gives me an end goal in sight. Because, okay, I know this draft sucks. I know this doesn't work. But I know the solution going into the second draft. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do in those situations. Which is kind of like re- kind of thinking ahead. I stop work on the current draft. I think about how I'm going to fix it. And then I go back to the first draft. And I yeah. finish it how it is. Nice. Which is, I don't know, that might be a little convoluted for well, some people. I like, I, I agree though, a lot of issues do generally come in. Your foundation is where everything is set. I like, mm-hmm. um, if some people may have heard of this, some people may not have. There's the story clock method that mm-hmm. I've seen people start to use more and more. Um, there's a filmmaker, Seth Worley, who kind of has a company called Plot Devices that uses this. And I, I really like it. It's kind of one of the first visual ways I saw it, but it's where they take the timeline of your movie and make it into a, a circle mm-hmm. and it's, you know the movie starts at 12 o'clock at the top yeah. and it moves around the clock and they'll have these little tick marks you can look up a pdf of this or an image but they'll like have you put beats and moments of whatever ideas you have for your movie and you can mm-hmm. sprawl those out over the timeline and you can find if there's a gap where there's something should happen but there's nothing there you can reference other like corresponding moments in the clock that are like adjacent to that and those help you like draw out like oh i set this thing up here maybe here and the clock is where i should be paying off that setup or mm-hmm. following back up with that and i think that's a cool way to visualize that mm-hmm. um that's just how i am I'm, I'm a pretty visual learner so having that way of like referencing i know listening on a podcast you have no idea what i'm talking about look up plot it looks devices. like a circle it looks yeah. like a clock it's a circle <laughs> Take your take your timeline of a movie, a, a line, and turn it into a circle. Maybe I did a better job explaining it than I gave myself credit. Um, <laughs> but if if you're a visual learner, I think that that help that's helpful, and that kind of helped me realize mm-hmm. like I'm not just pulling. You have to just pull answers or beats out of thin air. Like mm-hmm. look at what you have so far. Look at what's missing. What support structure is missing in your script and kind of extrapolate from itself so it's not just like pulling random things out of thin air and trying to make a cohesive story yeah um yeah i don't use that process a ton but i more or less just have that in my head now yeah um and it helps me yeah what are other things that either you or or other people that you know like get tripped up on Mm -hmm. in terms of when it comes to writing um something that stops people from like going forward like, I think most people start a script. Yeah. Like, I can't think of any filmmaker people or people who are into film I know who haven't started a script. 
people who have mm -hmm. finished feature scripts, I know a lot fewer of. Yeah, and oh, we kind of referenced this earlier because of the second act. Yeah, that transition the from act, the first act to the second act is really hard for people. Pain in the butt. So, it's always vague when it comes to screenwriting because every story is different, and not every story, you know, needs to be a traditional three act structure. But the but, middle of your movie is just a hard thing, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, and this is the best advice I can give for that. So. Act one is, simply put, you know, the way I, I look at it is there's this there's the normal world, then something happens, mm -hmm. which is kind of disrupts the character's status quo. The character tries to, you know, change that to get back to the status quo, and then something bigger happens, and they cannot go back. Uh, they have to go forward into yeah. the story. They, they have to go forward and they're doing this to get back to the status quo but it's mm -hmm. like um you know it's it's the moment when in lord of the rings where bilbo sets off in his journey with sam and gandalf well gandalf Frodo. yeah oh did i say sam you said bilbo <clears throat> bilbo well that works too. it's the moment when bilbo yeah. wakes up and he goes with the dwarves yeah frodo goes with sam uh to you know walk to the mountain of doom yeah mountain of doom <laughs> the doomed mountain it's the moment when um ferris and cameron from ferris bueller they yeah. like finally hook up and they're like okay we're gonna go out and we're steal my dad's school. car yeah um it's the big moment that makes you know everything change that's the end of act one generally again mm -hmm. every story's different so your mileage may vary on this advice so from that point on from about the end of act one to the midway point the character is going to struggle and struggle to get back to square one, essentially. They want to get back to the status quo. Everything that, well, you as the writer, you have to think about, how do I make life worse for my main character? Mm -hmm. And then do that. What's the worst possible thing that could happen? And keep doing that over and over and over again. Um Ideally different horrible things. Yes. But. <laughs> I mean, you'll get to a point where, you know, the midway point is generally, um, you know, usually the characters have to learn something. Yeah. They, they are, the reason that things are so hard is because they're not learning their life. You know, I'm, I'm doing a really bad paraphrasing of, of um, Craig Mason's theory on screenwriting oh yeah script notes episode 403 everyone go listen to that that's the better screenwriting podcast you should be listening yes. to right now listen to script notes <laughs> skip all skip this entire one just listen to script notes honestly um <laughs> but essentially if you want our kind of take on it you know act the way you get through act two is thinking of every horrible thing that could happen to your character what is the one thing your character doesn't want to have happen and then just keep doing it and doing it and doing it until they are broken they have nothing left twist the knife That's there's more the, nuance yeah. to that of course you know i mentioned the lesson um your characters usually have to learn a lesson mm -hmm. by the end of it there's a dynamic to that they and there's characters that can kind of embody that thing that theme that central dramatic question that you're posing your your um your main character because your character isn't going to listen it doesn't want to listen and every single time they kind of open themselves up to the idea of change you make things worse and it screws everything up and keep doing that and doing that and doing that yeah 
And once your character finally has nothing and is broken, that's the low point in your movie. That's when, you know, their beliefs are gone. They tried doing things their old way. Doesn't work. They tried doing it the new way, kind of. Um, and it didn't work. And they tried doing it the new way because... But their heart wasn't in it. Yeah. Once your character believes in the new way and decides to fully commit themselves to it, the new way, kind of, they totally are in it, they believe in it, that's when the climax happens. That's how they succeed in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you'll probably want to tempt them with something in the climax, but that's vaguely how you get from Act 1 to Act through end of Act 3. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, just listen to... I'm telling people, listen to Script Notes episode 403. It is the best screenwriting advice I've ever heard about how to break down, you know, a character and kind of break it, break a screenplay down, essentially. Yeah. So that's my terrible, vague um, uh, Script Notes version. Or not Script Notes. Uh, what's it Spark called? Spark Notes. Spark Notes version of that. But Essentially, don't listen to us. Listen to the other guy. Don't listen to us. Seriously, <laughs> if you want to become a better screenwriter... Listen to that episode of Script Notes. Yeah. If your goal is to write traditional Hollywood three X structures, watch that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but the middles are tough. Middles of your movie are really tough in yeah, general. I agree. And you're not alone. Um, <clears throat> I think what got me through Bell Rings's second act again was having a, a good outline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's good. Like I'm glad that I had you walking me through it. Yeah. But I think even if you're a screenwriter but you're the only person who's interested in it, still getting feedback and like kind of running things through other people. Yeah. I think that's kind of gets you out of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing where if you show someone a video you've worked on and they're watching it with you, you view that movie completely differently than how you viewed it yeah. when you were watching it on your own. Yeah. So have, working with someone through a screenplay that same way, I think kind of opens you up and lets you kind of see your own work Mm -hmm. and see any mistakes or things you'd want to change within that in a different way then it's not just you kind of staring point blank at this thing yeah um i think that's what that really got me through Mm -hmm. bell rings because then i was so set up in my outlining to go into act two and i felt pretty like motivated to get into it i i think yeah having those goal points is really helpful Mm -hmm. because you kind of, again, it's kind of like starting vague and big with your hunk of clay and just getting mm-hmm. finer and finer and finer. Because, you know, at the bare minimum, your story should have, you know, let's see, one, two, three, three big things that have. Well, yeah. okay, not even, that's probably not as helpful. Everybody knows the story's about beginning, middle, end. Yeah. Let's say you have your beginning, middle, end, but what, where do you take it from there? At the bare minimum, what you know, what's the normal world and then what happens to change that? Mm-hmm. Then what happens during that to kind of break your character and then yeah. how does your character overcome that? Yeah. You know, they break your story down as simply, just set those little goalposts around the, along the way and kind of fill in the blanks. Just fill it in a little bit more, mm-hmm. add a little bit more detail. It's going to help you out. Yeah. I'm just adding in that detail. That is, of course, if you are someone who doesn't just jump right in the script and like to likes to feel the journey or whatever. Yeah. Um, which is a totally valid way to do it. But oh, that's, I, I can't relate to that personally. Yeah. I, I can't imagine just jumping into script not knowing where things are going. Um, what are other things that people get tripped on 
I mean, the second act is probably the biggest thing. Yeah. And if you have more questions about this stuff, feel free to leave a comment. We might do a follow-up oh, episode. Yeah. We'll um, never be done talking about screenwriting. In some way or form, we'll always come back around to this topic. And again, not experts, but, you know, we... People who have done it. We have done it, and this is just our take on it right now, because it's always ever-changing. Um, second act is always tricky for people. All right, what about... This is something different, because mm -hmm. everyone always talks about the three-act structure. Yeah. What if you're trying to write something that totally is breaking the mold? Like if you're going into abstract land. Yeah. I would treat your movie then like... Um, well, it's kind of you want to think about mood and mm -hmm. effect. I'm a big advocate for like, you know, there is no good and bad when it comes to art. It's cause and effect. Mm -hmm. So how do you want the audience to feel at this moment or this moment? It's kind of tricky. I guess looking at an example, that's kind of a little more tangible. Like if, if I wanted to script house, for instance, yeah. if I wanted to make house and like script that your movie house, yeah. um, I would say, okay. It's a two-act movie mm -hmm. because I know I have these ideas for the scene for this guy that's wandering around his house and he's kind of, you know, weird things are happening. Maybe he sees a dog and then the dog goes missing and then there's something in the house with him and he's just kind of wandering around. It's kind of vague and very flowy. Yeah. I take it like, okay, each of those things I know I can make interesting in about five to ten minutes. Like mm -hmm. each of those things that will occupy enough. Now, of course, I'm thinking as a filmmaker, as the, yeah, like yeah, yeah. from that point. But it, it also works for screenwriting. I know that I can stretch out like those things um, over. You know, each of them is, will take about ten pages or so. Maybe the first ten pages is the man just wandering the house with the lighter. Everything's kind of normal. Everything's weird. And then every ten pages, something new is going to happen. Yeah. But then after you know, three or four things that happen, you're left with, well, how do I up the ante from here? I'm going to make a big change. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll have him meet himself and then he'll go under a blanket. Then he'll be in a completely new space. Then I know, oh my gosh, I'm in act two. So this is a two act movie. Mm -hmm. And then in that second act, it's kind of a, re uh, a parallel of the first half of the movie where every 10 pages, something weird and freaky is going to happen. And it's going to culminate in the weirdest, most freakiest thing in which it'll take you through the beginning of the movie and all that kind of thing. Um, that's how, that would be my approach to outlining something like House. Yeah. Um, October was different, too, because that wasn't a three-act structure. Yeah. That was just... Three stories. Three, well, it was three stories, but it was, I, it was going to be, okay, we're going to show each day of, of October. Yeah. 30, so I have 31 scenes, quote unquote. Yeah. Some of those days occupied multiple scenes. Some of those days were just one little scene or yeah. part of a montage. So um, October would be, I mean, how it's written was pretty much what you see on screen where, you know, that's what you saw. Whereas it was structured based on the, the days, not so much three acts necessarily. 31-act mm -hmm. movie. 31-act movie, yeah. Um, what was your question? Well, I was talking about just like... Oh, what do you do? Like, how do, what do, you, how do you break that down? Is there, is there a way or is it just kind of you, you flow with it? Based on feeling, I think. Yeah. How do you want your audience to feel at any given 
point. Mm -hmm. And also what I love, this is advice from Radul Chabur who made Last Days of Childhood. His, what he said, I've heard him say before is to make a, tell a good story, all you need is something interesting to happen Mm -hmm. and that'll engage people. So like, and he's right. Yeah. Like to an extent. Well, not even to, like that, that is like absolutely what makes like a good good movie i think is like something interesting is going to happen and it'll keep you engaged yeah whether that thing is really elaborate and crazy like um something like i don't know like el topo or or something wild like that or if it's like way more subdued and and mm-hmm. and subtle like something like pig with nick yeah. cage where something interesting is happening every i don't know 10 minutes or so i mean every yeah. movie's going to have a different pulse and rhythm to it um and tempo yeah. But, um, you know, you just have to have something interesting happening at a consistent rate. Yeah. And ideally, what's interesting is getting kind of bigger and bigger and bigger. Or the stakes are getting higher, I guess. Yeah. Um, Until then it stops. Mm -hmm. Bell rings, or not bell rings. House is a good example of that. Yeah. Um, And House didn't have a screenplay. It would have been interesting to see what the screenplay of that would look like, though. Yeah. Sure. Speaking of weird script, I have the script done. I got under the skin. Oh, I was about to. I was that came to mind. I was going to yeah. ask about that off off podcast. Very very interesting to to read it because Under the Skin is a very ab- abstract kind of movie. I need to read. And to see it. how they wrote it was really kind of interesting. Yeah, like there's a lot more conventional stuff in there. I might you, I might borrow that off you yeah. sometime. <laughs> you might. I mean, totally tell that they just like like okay, we're taking this. We're just throwing out the window. But. Yeah. It's still it's still kind of treated as literature. Yeah. Well, um, it's so interesting because you're taught in, in film school. They show you like the way to write a traditional script, mm-hmm. and they make it seem like it's gospel. Yeah. And if you're trying to get in and you're a nobody in the industry, yeah, this is how you do it. But it's so cool to see how quickly like no one who's writing in Hollywood cares about its script. Yes, it is okay. So here's, I this is this is true. So. Film schools teach the structure or the format of yeah. screenplay because there used to be, this was a really common job, script readers. Mm-hmm. And those script readers have to read hundreds of scripts. And it was an easy w- excuse for them not to read a script. Yeah. Where it's like you can toss it in the trash because, oh, it didn't format the title correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, you just take a look at it. Oh my gosh, throw in the trash. These headers are one font too small. But nope. anyone above the script the script the script reader doesn't really follow those rules like the a quiet place you know the yeah that's John, what i was thinking yeah that movie totally doesn't have any like traditional format whatsoever and it was turned into a you know a very successful feature very film. successful feature film i'm i think it had a budget of i would guess 50 to 70 million dollars yeah probably like um very you know and it's pretty well-liked movie most people i mean that's that's proof right there you don't need structure and people in hollywood are like averse to structure like quentin tarantino he's another guy not to you know keep going back to like the same few names over and over but if you read his scripts no one writes a script like that no but you know because he does what he does so well he can get away with it and get movies made and that's not to say you should write like tarantino do not do that at all but find what makes your writing unique and interesting and do that. And also what makes it work best for you. Yeah. If you need to write in the traditional Hollywood way to make your script, mm-hmm. do it. If you need to go totally against that, do it. Yeah. As long as you're 
if it makes the thing you want to make then you're doing it the right way. I'm assuming anyone listening to this is a writer slash director. Um, so, I mean, if you're a script screenwriter, this doesn't pertain yeah. to you. This doesn't relate to you as much, but, you know, all that you need to know as a script writer slash director, do you know what's going on on the page? Mm-hmm. And when you communicate this to your crew, cast, whoever, will they understand what's going on on the page? At the end of the day, that's really all that's important. Yes. A script could be, like you said, it could be a series of outlines. That's what it was for Zach and I, for, mm-hmm. or Zach, you and I, for uh, Wild Boys. It was like we wrote down, here, here's a sentence of what happens in these scenes, and we're just going to roll with it. Yep. And that was it. We didn't write a script, but in a way, that kind of was our script mm-hmm. to an extent. Um, or rather, that was our outline. And we just wrote on the fly yeah. <laughs> during filming. Um, there's no wrong way to write as long as, I don't know, you just put pen to paper and just create something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, well, that's a good place, I think, to end this discussion. And it is just yeah. this discussion. We will definitely, if you have questions again. Well, if I could add one thing. No, you can't. One little hot take. Nope. Just no? kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> um. I, I know this is going to be hypocritical, but I don't think, again, there, the script, there's, you're making a movie. Mm-hmm. You're not making a good script. Yeah. You do not need a good script to make a good movie. Like, your movie is cinema. Cinema has its own vocabulary. Mm-hmm. It's a big visual language beyond words. So I think, to a certain extent... If you, your script should not be able to convey everything that you want to do yeah. to an extent. I think the script is the least important part, one of the least important parts of filmmaking. I also think that uh, the reliance on an importance of quote unquote story and scripts and screenplays in filmmaking, it's been a detriment to the medium. And start thinking about stuff, films beyond just a story or a script. Start thinking about it as like in terms of the movie itself mm-hmm. and the visual language of cinema, and that's my closing thought. Because I could not, I'm I'm in the, I'm now in the stage of like I cannot like talk about screenplay writing without putting up huge you know asterisks at yeah. the end of like actually, but also at the same time this is all useless and meaningless. <laughs> like screenplays kind of BS. Yeah. Um. Don't screen. Uh, I kind of don't like screenplays, but you know they're. Sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you got to, uh, yeah. That's the <laughs> one asterisk I got to put in there. That's fair. Before we No, that's good. On. I'm glad I'm glad we put that in. That's that's important. I agree. If you would like me to elaborate on that in another episode, let me know cuz I would be happy to. <laughs> yes. Maybe that'll that'll be a follow-up. Yeah. Um, but again, if you want to know more about screenwriting, if there's a question you have, we might not have the answer, but we'll be happy to talk about it. And yeah. maybe something we'll say will help you along in the process of your screenwriting journey. Um, do we want to talk a bit about what we've been watching? Yeah, let's... let's or, or do we usually do... We do watching and then we do updates, if I remember right. Are you sure? Well, all right, let's talk about updates. Well, I don't know. Like, no, I, I don't know. But... Now I don't know either. Now I'm, now I'm self-conscious about oh, no. it. Look what I you've done. Know. I've only been watching Community. Okay. A little bit. I haven't watched anything else in the last week except for Book of Boba Fett last week. So yeah. it's not, it's, yeah, which has been pretty dope. Yeah. Last episode was pretty good. This, well, I guess the, 
if you're listening to this, this is the Monday before episode... Six. Six. Yeah, because last one was five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, the new one is out. The new new one is out. The new one's out. Episode six is out. We haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen that. We're not referring to that. We're referring to episode five. You know. You know the one. Do you have predictions for episode six? Spoilers for anyone who doesn't want (laughs) to listen to... I have, like... Man, I don't know. Because I feel like they go a million ways. I think we have to see Baby Yoda in this one. That or... Or he's going to try and get out there. But the pikes are going to intercept him. And he's going to be like, oh, these guys are mm. causing a problem. I'm trying to go see my baby Yoda. And so he's yeah. going to go help Boba real quick. And then he'll be like, I got to go do a thing. And then he'll go. And that'll carry us over into Mando 3. Every single time they've set something up, they've always delivered. Yeah, right away. Like Ahsoka was set up in the episode prior to her showing up. I know. And she put, showed up right away. Same thing with Mando. Yeah. Um. At the end of this one, I've seen it like three times. Mando says, like, I'll, this one's on the house, like, but first I yeah. have to see a little friend or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So he says, but first. So I think... Actually, it's either he's going to or he's going to try to get there because I'm trying to see how they're going to rope it back. Because if they go see Baby Yoda, I don't see how it ties back to Book of Boba Fett. It just becomes Mando season three. Well, to an extent, degree, but I also think, like, Luke training... Mando, like how to use the dark saber. Oh, I didn't think about that. And then he's like, "Okay, I've checked." Like he obviously he's gonna give Grogu this whatever he. Could made. you imagine Luke going with Mando to Mandalore? That would be great, cool. That's very cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. I feel like it will be Luke. Obviously, he's gonna see Grogu. Yes, he's he's Gadu. I think. How does it tie back to both? Because the big bad is not the pikes, I don't think. The pikes are not the bite, the bad guys. Because when the huts declined to take Jabba's palace, they were scared of something else. Yeah. I think it might be... No, this is tinfoil hat. This isn't logical necessarily. (laughs) This is kind of almost partially what I would love to see. Yeah. I would love for it to be... It's Kira from the Solo movie. Oh, that'd be dope. Who had been trained by Darth Maul. Uh-huh. who is now Force-sensitive. Yeah. And she is now, like, kind of a criminal underworld slash she's a force boss. user. Yeah. She's a boss. And she fights. And Mando... Um, so I think if I if that's the bad that I would love for Adam, that is a possibility, but, we, you know, we don't really know. Yeah. If that's a possibility, then him going to Luke, getting a little more training, mm-hmm. and then going back to Boba. Like, it could be, like... It could be simply like he he trains with him for a little bit, mm-hmm. then he return and he's like, "I'll be back." Mm-hmm. And he it's goes, like what Luke does in five. Ex- exactly, he trains with Luke for a little bit. He leaves. Yeah, he's like, "I'll be back though." Fights with Boba, and that way, when he when Mando's fighting, he's like, te- he's good. Yeah. He, well, the fact of, if he dies before he goes to see Baby Grogu again, oh, oh. that would crush people. Technically, Mando is not a Mandalorian anymore. No. Din was stripped of his Mandalorian rank. Now, of course, they told him, they gave him an out, so he, I guess he's got to go to the pools of Mandalore. Yeah, to, no, he's got to go to, to the To become caves. a Mandalorian again. Yeah. But We're going to Mandalore. What if Grogu becomes the Mandalorian? You know what I mean? Oh, Mandalorian be... is just a title. That's not really yeah. a... He's a foundling. Yeah, that's not like really... He's an official foundling. I mean, this is just wild speculation. We're just point. we're just going all over the place. We're anyway, reeling us back in. Yeah. Um, but That's it. That's all I've watched. Yeah, Boba Fett. I, I like that show a lot. It's, it's pretty dope. I really like it. I'm into it. it. 
Um, I'm still watching the Lord of the Rings behind the scenes. Nice. I just started the Return of the King special features. Nice. Well, okay, yeah, this. I think I'm on the disc two of the appendices, so okay. I still have to watch the the documentary, and then I'll move on to the Hobbit behind the scenes. Um, oh, your oh, light that just light, died. That light died. Well, that I was well, kind we, of expecting it to happen. We got a good, you know, hour or so. Yeah. Hour and a half out of that. That's a. Did yeah. you charge it since we filmed? No. Um, yeah, then that that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um Mandal no, wait, what was I saying? Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett. L- Lord uh, of the Lord Rings of the behind Rings. the scenes is what I've been watching. I started to watch The Matrix the oh, other day. The new one or the OG? The, the old one. Because I've I, I've only ever seen the original The first one? One time. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, I, I kinda watch it. But then I was I like I watched the whole trilogy one time. <laughs> it was like at a point where I was like when I was watching it, I couldn't stop thinking about but I want to see how they did the Urukai. <laughs> so I turned it off and I was like, I can't focus on anything but the Lord of the Rings behind the scenes. So I started it. I really okay. like the Wachowskis and uh, their movies. So I really enjoyed The Matrix. Nice. Rewatching that. But I didn't. I got like 10 minutes in. <laughs> Other than that. Peter Jackson called you home. I know. I mean, he's why I felt. Those are like comfort. Yeah. Show like something to watch for me. I liked it. Um, Other than... Starting the Matrix a little bit. I watched um, Alice in Wonderland, the OG. Oh, the animated one. Cartoon, yeah, nice. Disney cartoon. Pretty fun stuff. Old school. I also I didn't talk about this last time, but I had seen it. I saw Stream Five last. Oh, week. like yeah, and I totally slipped my mind that I saw that. No, oh. I thought it was fun. Nice, a good time. I haven't seen it. I haven't watched. I think I've only seen the first two screams. Yeah. So I don't know. If, I, I haven't seen anything else. I I'm I'm a pretty big fan of those movies. Those are like, they're, know, they're just good f- horror fun. Like yeah. if you like meta stuff and all that. Yeah. The new one was um. It was it was good. I liked it. I think my rankings would still be like I would say like Scream One is my favorite, and then Scream Four is probably my second best. Mm-hmm. Scream Five is maybe after that or so. I don't know. Middle of the pack good good middle like it's like it's i like it more i mean i love all the scream movies mm-hmm. i definitely like it more than two and three well oh do i i don't they're so equal yeah. i know for sure that my top one is the first one and then this and then scream four those are my top two for sure okay after that they're kind of all even for me yeah um but yeah i i like scream scream five it was pretty pretty good nice I liked it. Have you? You've only seen the first two. Only seen the first two. Yeah. Well, pretty good. There's some. Um, Get around to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's all I've I've seen. I haven't been watching a whole lot other yeah. than Lord of the Rings behind the scenes. Yeah. Because we've been busy working. Yeah, making some stuff over here. Uh, we shot a sh- sh- project. Yes. This weekend. Yes, we did. I well, don't know how specific we, I want to be with we, it. We talked about it last time. We said we, we may or may not be shooting something. We shot the thing. It's done. It's editing. It's turning out really cool. It's going to be a fun project once it drops. Um, Not at liberty to say. I'm going to leave that up to the the person. The who co-collaborator. Kind of, who, like, put the nugget idea in, in yeah. our head the who who invited us to create mm-hmm. um well actually if you go to our instagram you can see the picture from this from what we were doing 
<laughs> I just realized. Go to our Instagram. You'll see a picture. Like it. Share it. Yeah, yeah. Try to guess what we what we did. Yeah. Um, but we 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 did something. Production is done. Now we're in post production. It's gonna be finished soon, and people will see it. People know. will see it soon. This month, hopefully. I, I, wait, I have to check the. Hopefully the, it's this the, month. The thing. Let's see what um, this person said. We're keeping it vague. Painfully vague. Yes. Like annoyingly vague. <laughs> Let's see. Um, 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 um. Oh, wait. The dates are in the attachment. Okay. Thanks for sticking around, whoever's listening through all that. Okay. Yes. End of February. Yeah. End of February is when you will be people able to will see be able this. to see this at some point. We have to turn our thing in. Well, okay, now I'm getting a little too much. Never mind. But <laughs> you, you, you will see it soon. You'll see it. You'll see it soon. Yeah. Um, but still, edit. I, I'm editing. I'm primarily doing that one. Yeah. Um, you're doing. I'm working on bell rings. Bell rings. Yeah. What's the? Can can you share the not update but kind of update for the people? I mean, the update but not update is yeah. just that I want to show Jordan the full rough cut next week. Oh on, yeah. When we record on Monday. Oh yeah. So I'm excited. <laughs> he's got he's all hot and bothered over there, ready to see the movie. This is like, I don't know, like Tom Hardy telling you like, hey, Chris Nolan's gonna let me watch a rough cut of his new movie. <laughs> And you're just like, that gives me nothing. <laughs> like, I know, I just wanted to share that with you. Um, That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Fun stuff's coming. Um, I think that's probably a good place to, to end it. Right I think there. so. Yeah. yeah. So this is the Doom Productions podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to listen to more, check out our past episodes. as a playlist linked right down below. Um, if you want to watch other videos we've made, Check them out on our YouTube channel. If you're listening on Spotify, there's a link you can check out above. That'll take you right there. Um, we make videos about uh, filmmaking, and we also make feature films that you can watch on our channel for free. And if you want to support our videos and our podcast more, we have a merch store that you can also check out that's in the link uh, below or above if you're on Spotify or YouTube. So uh, buy some shirts there. We got some cool t-shirts, posters, hoodies, all the cool merch stuff that you can expect from a cool place like Doom Productions. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We've enjoyed this uh, time spending with you guys, and we'll see you in the next episode.